The Lifestylist, episode 209, featuring Luke Story. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. If you're into health, you know there's tons of companies that are slinging vitamins and supplements that supposedly give you energy to do things like, well, record a podcast or work out. Well, there's one company called Four Sigmatic that you've probably heard me talk about, and I'm going to talk about again right now, that make one of the most badass energy-producing products on the market, and it is made from cordyceps mushrooms. Yeah, weird. Now, it's made from mushrooms, but it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It gives you physical energy and endurance scientifically proven to do so. Cordyceps are adaptogens, but they're not like stimulants. In other words, they help you maintain energy levels without getting you super hyped, like a coffee product, for example. Now you can mix them with your coffee if you want to go full bore, like I do a lot of the time. But Four Sigmatic products are dope because they come in these little um, easy to use packets. They're also great for travel. I always have them like in my you know, my little medicine kit that I travel with. Um, I pop them out in the morning at hotels and just, you know, add water and shake them up or at home use them in all my different elixirs and things like that. They're just really easy to use and they're really potent and they also taste good. You know, that's the thing with a lot of herbs and medicinal mushrooms, even the ones that work and are strong and legit, they're just kind of nasty and you have to be a real diehard to add them into your stack. And so what'll happen is oftentimes someone will say, cool, yeah, I want to use cordyceps. It really works. It's good for you. I feel awesome with it. But after like a week of that, it just tastes so nasty that you can't keep doing it. So that's what I love about Four Sigmatic. They've got the power packed products, but they also taste really good and they're super easy to use. You don't have to lug around a giant jar of mushroom extract, essentially. So here's how you can get your little grubby hands on some of this stuff. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke story. That again is foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke story. And if you use the code Luke story at checkout, you're going to save 15% off your order. My advice is in this particular promo, try the cordyceps. It's amazing. After a long day of interviewing, editing, podcasting, making YouTube videos, doing whatever it is I'm doing with my life, I love to relax later on in the day or in the evening. And that's one of the reasons that I love Organifi Gold. This stuff is truly gold. It's got cinnamon, ginger, lemon balm, medicinal mushrooms, coconut milk, and more than anything, a super big serving of turmeric. It's an amazing anti-inflammatory spice. It's one of my favorites. So I'll make myself a golden latte at night with some good healthy fats in there and just have a nice calming drink. My friends and family love to come over and have my magic uh, gold elixir at night. But I also have been doing it uh, during the day. Just when I need to chill out, I'll make an Organifi drink elixir and I'll put it on ice. And it's actually really delicious that way too. Organifi Gold is the shiznit, guys. Real good stuff. So if you want to check it out, see, I'm trying not to swear as much on the podcast. That's where these weird words come from. I should edit that out, but I won't because I'm high on Organifi Gold. No, seriously, I did have some of it earlier and uh, put me in a really relaxed, um, but still kind of alert mood. It's amazing stuff and it tastes so bomb. You could even make like an ice cream with it. I'm, I'm going to start experimenting more with the gold. It's just a really good base powder that you can use for a lot of different things. Sometimes I'll throw some cacao in there, you know, I'll kind of mix it up a bit. Organifi Gold can be found at the following website, you guys. It's Organifi, spelled with an I, dot com forward slash Luke. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. If you want to save yourself some cashish to the tune of 15%, once you get over to their site, use the code Lifestylist to save 15% at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Bienvenido, compadres. Welcome to the Lifestylist Podcast. This is a very special bonus episode. It's a bootleg broadcast recorded live on location February 23rd, 2019 at Rama, Venice. This is an excerpt 
of the lecture portion of the High Love Experience Workshop, where I infuse kundalini yoga exercises, mantra, and various other superpowers to induce a spiritual awakening amongst the crowd. I also brought one of my favorite biohacking devices called the Biocharger to this particular event where I blasted the audience with theta waves for 45 minutes. It was pretty rad. Super lit situation. Now you guys know that I'm really into the biohacking, all the physical disciplines and practices, but without a spiritual experience in my life and perhaps in your life, none of that really matters in the final analysis because life's true meaning is derived from discovering our higher selves and by serving a higher purpose. And that's what this particular talk is all about. As I said, this is a bootleg broadcast, so be forewarned. The recording equipment I was using is not the equipment that I normally use in studio recording, so you're going to hear uh, you know, what was heard in the room, for better or for worse. There's going to be some realness there, and I'm hoping that you really enjoy it and benefit from this. I had a great time that night, and perhaps the coolest thing about this particular recording is the audience members were, I would say, 90% uh, Lifestylist podcast listeners. So you listening might have even been one of the lucky few in the room that night. But before we jump into this bootleg broadcast, I'd like to invite you to come hang out with me in person. I'll be speaking at Rama Fest in Majorca, Spain, July 19th through 21st. And then the following night, July 22nd, I will be presenting this very workshop, the High Love Experience, also at Rama in Majorca, Spain. Then I'll be at the Health Optimization Summit, brought to you by our friends at Paleo Effects and Bulletproof Upgrade Labs. That's September 14th and 15th in sunny London, United Kingdom. If you want to come to these events, it's super easy. Well, I guess coming there isn't easy, but finding them is easy because all you have to do is go to lukestory.com forward slash events and you can get yourself down with some fun times. Here's what I talk about in this lecture you're about to hear. Identifying the thoughts and behaviors that block us from the life we crave and deserve, using intention to overcome resentment, fear, or shame. And that's the stuff that's blocking you from truly experiencing the unconditional love meant for you in your human life experience. The quantum physics of perception, reality, and spirituality. And stillness, that rare but valuable experience of sitting with presence and anything that that presence brings. The erroneous belief that your body equals your true self. The fact that you don't need to take your animal or lower self so seriously and that you don't need to fight with it either because guess what? It's not going anywhere. Suffering, the self-created delusion that life is out to get you and how to end that suffering. How far we can go in one human lifetime with the right tools. Trying to change our experience using the wrong power source and why it's a futile gesture. The many useful different paths to spiritual growth and why they work. The freeing experience that there's something greater than ourselves beyond our limited perception of reality. Why it's brave to access and emote feelings and emotions and why you don't need to be ashamed to feel. And finally, the transformational power of applying universal truths in our lives. So as I said, this is an episode that's close to my heart because this is truly the purpose of my life. So thank you so much for joining me for this very special bootleg broadcast of the Lifestylist Podcast. I'll catch you back next Tuesday. What we're doing here tonight is we're looking at some of the things that are blocking us from having the experience that we want in life, which is that unconditional love. And it's not a romantic love, although it could include that if that's what you desire, but it's about the unconditional love of everything that is, even all the bad things you know, that we deem to be bad. And what really prevents us from having that experience within ourselves all the time are traumas that we've had, experiences that we continue to have, thoughts that we have, feelings that we have, things that we experience that we are unable to contextualize, you know? And so the problem is not that there's no sun. The problem is there's a lot of clouds in front of the sun. And so any work we can do, kundalini yoga, I mean, God, I've done everything. I just got back from Costa Rica doing four ayahuasca ceremonies. A lot of healing took place at that. I mean, I'm game for anything that's going to remove the blocks that are preventing me from experiencing reality as it actually is. And reality as it actually is, is that everything is working for my benefit 100% of the time. And that everything is absolutely perfect no matter what's happening. And that's a real stretch for the mind to get to and the ego to get to. 
because it likes to hang on to the pain and likes to hang on to the trauma and likes to hang on to the idea that life is suffering and, and that's how it's supposed to be. So what we're going to write is really simple. The first thing that comes to mind right now in your personal life, and by the way, no one in the room, including me, is ever going to see this. So feel free to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> it's a funny thing. I recently went to date with Destiny with Tony Robbins. And uh, one of the exercises he does is he has people write down like, I think it was like some things that you've done that you feel guilty about or ashamed about, you know, and then you turn them in. And then he and his wife read them in front of the 5,000 people. And I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, like I eat too much ice cream or, you know, my wife doesn't know I go out in the garage and smoke cigarettes or something, you know, and it was like, I mean, I'm not even going to repeat what the people said. I was just like, holy fuck, I'm in the room with these people. I mean, like people were like seriously abusing other people, like crazy shit. And I was like, I don't know if you should be reading those. Like, I don't feel comfortable in this room now. Yeah, I mean, there's some really dark stuff. And you look around and everyone's like happy, normal people. It was so strange. You know what I like? I'm like, it could have, was it the guy next to me that just did that gross thing? You know, I was, wow. Uh, one, I'll put it this, one person had sex with an animal. You know, like that was just like, yeah. I was like, wow, we're really going there. Okay. No, no offense if you've had sex with an animal, no judgment. It just was unexpected. <laughs> Unlike Tony Robbins, I am not going to read anything that you write and no one else is either. So really like dig a little bit, you know, and think about that thing that's, that's blocking you from experiencing love, you know, that resentment that you have, that fear that you have, that thing that you're really ashamed of. Um, and we're going to put them in a bowl and we're going to pray on them and we're going we're gonna to have... Uh, practice over them and they're going to be thrown in the trash and no one's ever going to know it was your writing or what it was. Um, you can even tear it up when you put it in the bowl, you know? Uh, we don't have a bowl, by the way. Uh, it's, a, it's a figurative bowl, but we'll find one. But I want you to feel safe. That's the point. And, you know, as honest as you can be with yourself, it's going to be more powerful. And just a couple sentences, okay? You guys good with that? Cool. Go for it. Like one minute. Just bang it out. First thing that comes to mind. Those bastards, you know? Something that's blocking you from love. Yeah, a resentment, a fear, something you're ashamed about, a money issue, you know, a bankruptcy, a divorce, a, a betrayal, a loss of an attachment, a hurt, those types of things, you know, today, like in your day as you're driving around living your life, what was the thing that was like, God, this sucks. I got to get rid of this. Or most recently, if it wasn't today. I find for myself, most of these blocks come from trauma. That's it. I mean, after all this work of all these years, it's ways in which we've been hurt before and then we get hurt or think we're being hurt in a similar way and we have the reaction as if it's the first time again, you know? And so it could be something like that. I think they call it getting triggered. <laughs> yeah. When I look at those things that are blocking me, it usually boils down to one of two types of things. One is that I'm going to lose something that I have could be something physical or not. And the other one is that I'm not going to get something that I want. It usually has to do with <laughs> usually has to do with security of some kind. You know, whether it's emotional security, love, attachment, or um, physical, you know, uh, financial security, that kind of stuff. But it really is about something being taken away or not getting something. Uh, that's usually my deal. And even if it's something that is seems to be um, around anger or resentment or something like that. On the, on, below that is usually some hurt, and that hurt is usually intertwined with fear. You know? Did you guys find any of that stuff? Did everyone find a good juicy one to work with? Okay, cool. So you can put it out of your mind now, and we're just going to really work on creating some positive energy in the room, and Elliot's going to go around and collect those nasty little tidbits from you, and... Um, and we're going to put them up in the front of the room and we're going to direct all of the positive energy that we're experiencing tonight on that and we're going to transmute that. And that's really all it takes sometimes is really strong intention, right? And really having belief. You know, I interviewed a guy the other day named Bruce Lipton and it was just a mind-blowing conversation. Again, I'm just like, what the... <laughs> I, had, I had so many things kind of, I wouldn't say wrong, but I was missing, you know, big, big parts of the picture and... He wrote a book called The Biology of Belief, and it's just insane to hear someone who's a scientist talk about the spiritual realm and quantum physics in that uh, the way we perceive reality actually changes reality, you know, and that's, that's what they discovered in quantum physics is 
you know, this bottle is one way and it's, it's, um, has a certain composure, but the minute it's, it's observed, it changes because it's being observed. And that's how all that stuff that Elliot's grabbing in your bag is right now. And that's why we have the ability to work through those blocks and to change them. Because without knowing what's blocking me, you know, knowing uh, the ways in which I'm stuck, there's no way to ever overcome them. In my life earlier on, I really struggled a lot with various addictions. I mean, like every addiction you can have, basically. Let's just put it that way, not various. Just check the boxes and they were all probably there. And, um, you know, that was a result of me trying to change my reality in an exogenous way, taking something from outside and putting it in because that's the only way that I could handle reality because I didn't know the principles that we're going to be talking about and experiencing tonight and that I'm sure so many of you are practicing you know, to have the ability to actually create reality based on beliefs and based on intention and feeling and based on one's attitude and one's basic fundamental understanding of metaphysics. You know, something beyond the physical world that exists that we can actually work with while we're embodied in the physical world as we are. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that. And uh, if this comes out okay, it will be a podcast at some point because that's what I do. I just turn everything into a podcast. Although I'm dating someone right now and the other day she informed me that she doesn't like me turning her life into a podcast. (laughs) Now I'm like, every time I'm about to say something, I go, wait, can I say that? Okay, yes, no, yeah. I'm very open, you know, and I forget. I have like no boundaries publicly. I just, if I think it's going to help people and help me to grow, I'll talk about it even if I'm mortified sometimes. But, you know, I have gotten feedback from my mom and various other people that are like, yeah, just because you're super public doesn't mean that everyone else is. So, ixnay on the private life talk. Okay, so the great thing about doing talks like this is that I have absolutely no plan And that makes it exhilarating for me because I know that whatever comes up is going to be spontaneous. And if it's spontaneous, it's much more likely to be authentic. And if it's more likely to be authentic, it's more likely to have an impact on someone positively. And of course, that's my intention. And that's the intention um, I'm sure that you share by coming here tonight. But when you begin a a talk like this, it's... uh, it's funny because there's, it's like walking into a room and there's a blank canvas and you, you kind of have a paintbrush in the, in the form of a voice and you don't really know what's going to end up on that painting and you just have to trust the process that there's going to be something that's um, appealing to someone, you know, and that's really a fun experience to have. So thank you for sharing that moment with me or this moment with me. Another thing that's really interesting about that particular phenomenon where you just not controlling and just allowing is sometimes what feels appropriate is just to be for a moment. And there's also growth in that. It's nice sometimes just to feel a little stillness. It's so rare in our lives, especially city lives, I think unless we you know, have a real dedicated practice of meditation or whatever it is that we're using to, uh, to arrive there. But it's really quite rare, I think, for most of us to stop and just really sit within ourselves and just sit with presence. And it's probably even more rare to like sit on a stage and do it, you know, just to go, hmm, okay, wow, interesting, I'm here, you know. So uh, thank you so much for joining me in that. And I think what I'd like to start with then, you know, having written down the things that you wrote down, you might find that by the end of the night, it becomes less meaningful to you because you've got it out of your body. You know, you've manifested something from the unmanifest. You've made something physical that was a non-physical experience within your um, energy field. Conversely, you also might find, wow, you know what? That list could have been a lot longer. And you might realize there are some other things that are in fact blocking you from experiencing who you really are and what reality really is. So what I'd like to talk about is some of the common blocks that keep me and people that I know and people that I've worked with from having that type of experience. Because the the crazy thing about being human is that if we didn't, if we weren't encumbered with this physicality, right? If we weren't incarnated into a body, there would be nothing but complete bliss. And I know this because I've had the experience pretty much of being out of my body and 
I'll tell you what, when you're out of your body, there's no problems. You know, the problems all have to do with the body because the body has certain needs. So in order to keep this vehicle going, it's like a car, right? And you have to keep this car going. So therefore you need fuel. And, um, you know, the fuel, of course, means that you need money and you need shelter because of predation and the elements. You got to keep this body alive so that your soul can have this experience, right? So... And then, you know, we're given the drive to procreate and make more bodies so more souls can come incarnate. We're just wired that way, right? And so um, we're driven by all of these instincts that make us feel like we're constantly under threat or that we're not complete because we're missing something. We've got to get something, as I was saying before, that sensation of I'm afraid I'm going to lose something that I've got or I'm not going to get something that I want. You know, all of those drives are typically the way most people live. And when you look at humanity in a global sense and you look at some of the the dis-ease that we experience as a species and the dysfunction, it really all comes from the erroneous belief that we, in fact, are this body and that we are this animal and that we alone have to fulfill these needs. And it's really interesting when you think about it that way because we have this higher self, right? This angelic being of pure unconditional light and love. And we get the experience of coming into an animal body that still has the animal needs. I mean, you can see what a fucking twist that is. What a plot twist, right? Like, how is that going to go well? I mean, can you imagine taking a tiger, you know, and like giving it the intelligence we have? A dinosaur, you know, think of like a fierce creature. If they had the intelligence we have, we would not be here. They would be the apex predator and we would be lunch. See what I mean? So we have this conscience. We have this soul. We have a sense of right and wrong. We have a sense of love and caring and nurturing and um, and taking care of one another, protecting one another. But we still have those animal drives. And that's really the war of the human experience is how to manage those drives and not let those drives be the thing that prevent us from having that angelic soul experience here on the planet in our body. And it's this constant dance of like, okay, too much animal, a little too much spirit. You know, it's like there's this yin and yang thing going on all the time. And there's these scales because if you go too spirit, you don't eat. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you go too spirit, you don't make babies. You go to spirit, you don't care that the roof blew off your house or that your house burned down and you got to find a place to go. Do you see what I mean? So the animal has to be there because the animal is part of who we are. But when the animal's in charge, you've got problems. You know, when the animal's in charge, you've got rape, murder, war, <laughs> greed, and the famine that results from greed and all of the things that we think of as evil in the world, many of us, you know, living in that duality of like good, bad, right, wrong kind of thing. And what I'm here to propose is that there is no such thing as good or bad, but it's our perception about it. It's our inability sometimes to see that, oh, those guys over there, yeah, they're just they're just a little lower on the scale. They're in the animal zone still. They're not in touch with that higher sense of aliveness and experience. And how I know that is because I've I've been there. I mean, I spent so much of my life, I was thinking about this on the way over here, just, oh my God. And it was just a result of whatever karma I had to work out and experiences of pain and trauma and things like that as a kid. But uh, what happened for me is I just became an extremely negative person. I just hated everything all the time. And I was reflecting on that driving over here And it's hard for me to even imagine being like that anymore because now I hate things for like two minutes. You know, it's like, ah, that guy, he pulled out in front of me. uh, You know, it's just just over most of the time. I mean, even some big things, I'm kind of shocked sometimes. It's just like water off a duck, you know, but that is a fairly recent phenomenon due to the fact that I'm learning little by little that... uh, I don't need to take the animal self, the lower self, quite so seriously. 
And I'm also not fighting with that self. I'm not fighting with the ego and demonizing the ego and thinking of myself as wrong or a sinner because sometimes I behave um, in my lower nature. The key is in identifying that both of those things are present. And as I said, learning how to dance with that, learning how to accept that. So if I get afraid in a way that is completely illogical, which actually happened to me today, you know, I got kind of, I got a little um, insecure, you know, you could say a little insecure and my higher self was there telling me, Luke, your mind is making up stories right now. It's completely fake news. You know better. You're totally safe. You're, you're fine. What you think is happening is totally not happening. But that animal, that little boy that was hurt, you know, uh, was still afraid. Without the ability to, through meditation and you know, mindfulness and all these practices, without the ability to, to get outside of oneself and look kind of down on oneself, you know, to have that ability to be, um, have some introspection, right, and self-awareness, then how can you not just live in fear? And how can those fears not manifest as um, control over others or being threatened by others or whatever the case may be? There has to be an awareness that encompasses and includes and accepts and loves and venerates all sides of the human experience from the angelic higher self soul that's incarnated the body and the body and the needs of the body and the way the body gets threatened and the way the mind, the supercomputer, or in some cases, in some moments, the Atari that's like stuck. Um, for those of you, you know, I just aged myself. If you know what Atari is, right on, girl. <laughs> it's like a very prehistoric video game, you know. The mind then is there to make sure that it's cunning enough to protect the body to keep it alive, right? And this is where complex ideas of revenge and control and manipulation and all these things happen. Those aren't the those aren't the animal self. They aren't the ego. Those are the supercomputer of the mind that's getting signals from the body we're under threat and it tries to figure out how to stop that threat or overcome the enemy or to recoil and retreat and hide to become invisible, to freeze. You know, those are the reactions that the mind figures out. And sometimes it comes up with very complex uh, scenarios and solutions that can be quite destructive to the carrier of that mind, the owner of that mind, and anyone in its wake. And that's what we get, you know, that's what we get to witness on the darker side of the world is a bunch of animals that are threatened that have this supercomputer that's so intelligent that it can create atomic bombs to teach them a fucking lesson, you know? That's the potential of, of um, a misguided human mind that's under threat. So the key is how do we live in an experience where we're able to find healthy ways to deal with threats or more likely perceived threats and to stay within the confines of actual reality, which is that we're safe and we're being cared for and we're being guided and that there really is a divine intelligence that's running the whole show and all of it, what even what we perceive as the dark and the evil is all part of that show. It's all part of the experience. And without that contrast, we wouldn't have the experience that we're meant to have. You know, and even when you look at the microcosm of your own life, I'm sure that many of you can look back at a situation in which you were deeply hurt or taken advantage of or abused or anything. I mean, think of some of the most horrific things that I've ever experienced. I'm able to see now, of course, retroactively, ah, okay, I kind of see why that happened. Either I set myself up for it or it was necessary for me to have that experience in order to have a deeper level of empathy and compassion for other people and to have a deeper level of gratitude for my life and to work my ass off to get out of those those places and you know being around the types of people that I used to be around. So what's interesting about it is over time, you don't have to wait until 20 years later to look back and go, oh, okay, I kind of see the lesson there. The lesson can actually be unfolding in the moment as you're going through the experience. If one has the awareness that you're a spirit watching the phenomenon of the personality, the mind, the ego, the animal self, the lower self, watching all that happen and participating with it and working with it, that's when life gets really interesting because then when you get triggered, you don't necessarily get trapped. You go, oh, I'm triggered. What's behind that? I mean, that's what happened to me this morning. I, I just went like, doo, 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 doo. I just traced it back and I was like, ah, bingo, there it is. Because something happened before and I have a similar sensation in my body, which you could call like a negative emotion or a fear, some anxiety. 
then the mind, it feels the sensation. It tries to figure out what it is so it can stop the pain. So it relates the thing that it thinks is happening now that's causing this feeling to the thing that happened in the past. But it's not actually the same thing. It's making up a story about what's happening now because that's how the brain is wired. That's how it works because all of those past experiences and traumas and pains and struggles exist in the subconscious mind, which is 95% of what runs us. That's not a theory. That's actually a fact. 5% of us is our will for happiness, for love, for you know success. So the 5% of the conscious mind is trying to do battle with the 95% of the subconscious mind that's housing all of those traumas as a means of survival for the animal. Because if you walked by the hot stove when you were five and went ow or walked by that thing <laughs> in the middle of the room, the biocharger and did that, you're going to remember that shit forever and thank God we're wired like that. So you don't, your entire life keep walking. Well, I have done a lot of repeated hot stoves, but um, you know, eventually learn. But we're wired to remember a certain amount of pain, you know, which is such a gift because, hey, we fall down. We go, all right, I'm not walking over there again. You know, you learn about your environment. You get um, proprioception, sort of spiritually speaking. You know, you know your boundaries and your confines and you know where it's safe and where it's not safe. And that's a gift. But when it works against us is when there's a threat to the emotional state and the heart and the heart closes and the mind jumps in is like, I got this. I'll figure out how to deal with this or I'll figure out what it is. And then it's connecting all these dots that actually have nothing to do with each other. You ever had a situation where like, let's say you shoot someone an email. This used to happen to me a lot in business. You shoot someone an email and you kind of pitch yourself. You know, you're a little vulnerable. You put yourself out there. Hey, Joe Smith, I had this idea. We could do this thing. Like, let's do the thing. And then it's just tumbleweeds, right? Just deserted highway, just silence, nothing, vultures, nothing comes back. And has your mind ever gone, oh yeah, they think I'm a total loser. They don't take me seriously. Like I'm totally not worth it. What was I thinking emailing that person? I'm way too stupid. They would never do a project with me. You know, maybe it's that thought or maybe it's like, Really, mother? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you're not going to email me back. You know, it's either, you know, it's either the retreat or the attack. It's the defense or the offense, which is the game of the ego. It's a game of the body. But it's so interesting that over time, if you can see those situations in which the mind makes up a story, and then later on you realize it wasn't true because the next day that person is like, oh my god, my mom was in the hospital. I'm so sorry to get back to you. You're like, oh, I'm such a jerk. I was hating that person for 48 hours, right? <laughs> Or I'm not, oh my God, I'm not a loser. They're all excited. Oh, I've been waiting for your email. Yeah, let's do the thing. You're like, oh my God, why can't I remember this next time? I get paranoid and triggered and think that the thing is not what it really is. You know, how do we do that? How do we master that? Is that ever possible? I don't know if it's ever possible 100% in the, in the, you know, within one body, one lifetime, but I can guarantee that it's possible to get a lot better at it. Absolutely, better and better and better at it all the time, meaning the duration of triggeredness gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And what's really fun, which I have experimented with as of late, is actually sharing the experience of being triggered and the core of it, wherever the root of that is, with the person who kind of triggered you. I mean, you have to be with someone very conscious and woke to do that. Otherwise, they'll think you're nuts. But, you know, in intimate relationships or, you know, even a close business relationship, I think if you're with someone compatible and they're relatively of sound mind and, you know, emotionally healthy and somewhat developed and mature, they would be able to receive that with love and compassion and hear you out. And you have an opportunity for growth and for healing that trauma where maybe that trigger doesn't exist anymore because now it's not your secret little trigger. You know, I mean, I'm talking publicly about like, emailing the person and they don't get back to me and I totally personalize it and make it all about me. It has nothing to do with me and most of the time it doesn't. But that's the nature of the infantile ego of that scared child inside of all of us that's like anything bad that happens, it's all about me, right? I mean, you see like little kids, mom comes home, mom's just, you know, bummed out because it was a rough day at work and the kid's like, oh my God, mom hates me. No, mom doesn't hate you. Just your whole world when you're in your formative years is about you. That's another survival mechanism, right? Babies are all about themselves. They're selfish little bastards. And God God made them that way, right? Bree has a, a kid, right? You know that. And so some of us grow up, but we never outgrow that. 
And so every experience that we have externally, we internalize as it's happening to me. You know, I used to have this with like the government, with law. It's like, you know, the parking ticket, the taxes. It's like, oh man, they're fucking me over. They're doing it to me, man. It's the man, he's after me. It's like, no, they're after everyone. Don't take it personally. You're not that special. You know, they're going to take some of everybody's money, especially as you make more of it. So the good news is, is that with spiritual study, with spiritual text, practices, meditation, yoga, learning how to quiet yourself down, quiet your mind and emotions down, that each one of us literally in this room right now has the key to that lock, the key to freedom. And the key is having the awareness that most of the thoughts and feelings that I have that I find to be painful and the things that block me from having the experiences I want in life aren't actually true. They're completely ghosts. They're phantoms. They're made up. And if I can learn how to have a little bit of gap of separation between who and what I really am as consciousness, as a soul, a spirit embodied here, and the experience of the body, just that much, just a millisecond of a gap there gives me the power of alchemy to actually change reality. Because then I have the opportunity to create reality based on how I want to think about it. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Let's talk about one of my favorite biohacks, and that is red light therapy. Now, to me, the most powerful biohacks are the ones that harness or mimic nature, and that's exactly what red light therapy does. It concentrates a very narrow spectrum of red light that's produced by the sun in the morning and evening. However, you don't need to go out into the sun for hours to get it. You can do it in about 10 minutes in your own home. Now, my favorite red light therapy company is Juve. That's J-O-O-V-V. They're FDA cleared and deliver clinical power with a new modular design that's really easy to customize and set up anywhere in your home. Now, I have the one panel here in my podcast studio and I haven't had a chance to build on it, but even the one's good enough for me. I just have to turn to the front and the back every morning. And by the way, this is part of my every morning routine when I'm in town. In fact, if you want to learn a lot more about red light therapy, you can go back and listen to episode 169, where I interviewed the guys from Ju, not just about their device, but about photobiomodulation, this therapy, the science behind it, where it comes from, etc. So that's episode 169. Now, I've been using my Juve since 2017, and I've seen two major changes. A huge advantage from recovering from workouts. I'm, I have almost zero soreness in my muscles and my joints when I go like really bust ass in the gym. So the recovery is major. And then a massive testosterone boost. Now, a few years ago, when I was in my early 40s, my T levels were really low, like around the 400s. Now I'm in my late 40s, and depending on when I check them, I'll be anywhere from 600 to 800, and that's been a game changer for me. So here's what's up. If you want to check out the Juves, you're going to go head over to juve.com forward slash Luke. That's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash Luke. And what I'm really excited about over there is they've got a new handheld device. It's called the Juve Go, and it gives you all the same Juve power, but it fits in the palm of your hand so you can travel with it. So I'm definitely getting one of these ASAP. So get over to juve.com forward slash Luke. That's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash Luke. When you check out making a purchase, use the code Luke and they're going to send you a free gift. And now back to the interview. I mean, I say this quote all the time. And if, you know, those of you that listen to my podcast, you're probably like, yeah, we know that one. But it's just, it's one I've been unpacking for 20 years. And it's just, every time I think of it, I go, yeah, whoa. And I find a deeper level of it. And it's this, there's no such thing as good or bad. Only thinking makes it so. And it sounds simple. And on one level, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's about your attitude. You know, you could say life is maybe uh, 10% of what happens to you and 90% of your perception of it, you know? And it's, it kind of makes sense like that. But then if you start expanding that out into things that you know are fundamentally wrong, you, you know the things I'm thinking of, right? Well, how can that not be bad? And just think of, you know, two things right now that you think are completely unforgivable and are, are bad or dark or negative or evil. And um, what makes them that way is the way that we think about them. And again, going into, you know, zooming out on the whole human experience, 
in order for us to come here and learn the lessons that we need, we need a full spectrum. This isn't the love and light dimension <laughs> that we're in. The earth plane is not kumbaya and rainbows. That's how would you learn? You know, how would you learn? That's like, you know, taking a postgraduate PhD neuroscientist and having them read the fucking ABCs. What would be the point? We're very sophisticated souls coming here. We need complexity. We need contrast. We need experience. We need the ability to go to the most dark, depraved levels of existence if that's what we need to experience and also have the vast range of consciousness available to us so that we can rise up. Sometimes, uh, you know, so many levels within one lifetime. I mean, I feel like in this lifetime, from, from where I came from, I wish I could like go in a time machine and show you the train wreck that I was for the first, you know, maybe 30 years of my life. And I feel like, you know, I'm still working on a lot of stuff, but I'm a pretty happy guy, you know, to see like how far one can come in one lifetime if you have the right tools, you know, if you have the right power. So that's really what the problem is, is that most of us are trying to change our experience or change ourselves using the wrong power source. We're trying to do it based on our own power. And we have a lot of power. We're powerful beings, but it requires a relationship and a communion with a power that's higher than us. Because that power that's higher than us is the thing that gives us that separation of animal and spirit and allows us to actually live there some of the time where you can go about the business of being human in the material plane but still be very much seated in your spiritual self because that relationship with a higher power or spirit or God is the thing that you can stay tethered to while you're having the human experience. You know, it's like you're holding hands and you just, you keep that one hand connected, but you're using your other hand to drive and do all the other things you do. You know, there's a touch point there. You have your toe in the water. There's a part of you energetically in your awareness that's connected to that greater source of power that's infinite and unlimited. Because based on our own resources, you can only get so far. You know, any person that just tries to self-will and, um, you know, logically figure out the game of life only hits a certain level of development, you know, and that's the level of the intellect. And that's, that's a great level to achieve if you're a professor and, you know, you're teaching science and that's the realm that you're designed and destined to be in. But if you're in this room, that's not you. If you're in this room, you want to take it higher because there's no way you would ever be listening to someone like me right now. You would have left the room already like, who the fuck is this guy? And if you're thinking that and you're still sitting here, you're still destined for it because you haven't left. You see what I'm saying? It's like, People that don't want to learn how to play golf don't end up on the golf course. And I believe people that come to places like Rama, people that are interested in sharing a perspective, sharing space, are people that are destined to evolve and sometimes rather quickly. And it might not even take that many lifetimes. You know, you can bang out a lot of lifetimes in one if you're willing to suffer. You know, if you're willing to experience, no, not suffer. If you're willing to experience the pain and discomfort that comes from growing. Now, growing is is not the easy way out, you know? That's not the easy life. The path of spiritual growth is, man, it's a, it's a rocky road, you know? It's a rocky road. It's not the easy path. I think a lot of people have the perception of taking on these ideas and living a quote-unquote spiritual life and building an awareness around things like God and, and ego and consciousness and all of the things that we work on and think, okay, so if I become spiritual, then I'm just going to be happy all the time and I won't have any problems, you know, and that's not the way it is. Sometimes when you become deeply committed to your spiritual path, that's when the real challenges show up. You know why? Because now you can handle that shit. Because now you have a connection to something greater than yourself something more infinitely intelligent, loving and powerful than just you alone. And now you've got a partner, you know, you've got a partner in your relationship with God, whatever that means to you. And then you'll find as you start to build that relationship that the people around you are walking that path too. I mean, every single person in my life is devoted to spiritual growth, whatever that looks like for them, whatever faith, whatever practices. I mean, you know, we all kind of are into the same shit, you know, the gods of spring water or whatever. But <laughs> nature is a big one for me. You know, just I get out in nature and I'm like, this is not an accident, right? 
I mean, that, you know, you watch animals in the wild. I mean, you just like watch the nature channel and you're like, there's a God. To me, that's the thing. And then I look at like all the nine lives. Like I, when I was just in Costa Rica, I was in a car, car crash. And I, to me, it was like, nope. And I'm not trying to be tough. I'm, this is just the truth. Um, it was not a big deal. Like we're driving. I look over the driver and I see the roads going that way. And he's like, do, 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 do. And he just goes, and just runs off the road. We turn on the side. I'm like, we're fucking flipping. Now we're upside down. We're upside down. And then the thing, if you ever turn upside down, I got to warn you, you got to be careful when you, when you let yourself out of the seatbelt. What I, you know, because you're like, I got to get out of here because you think car's going to blow up like it does in the movies, which rarely happens, by the way. But when you undo the seatbelt, you're upside down. So you go bonk and you hit your head on the roof, which is what happened. You know, I kind of tweaked my neck, but I got out and I'm just like, wow, man, thank God nobody's dead. There's, you know, a couple of bruises, a little bit of blood. But, you know, considering we just flipped a car on the side of the road, we were doing pretty well. And it was so fun to have, I mean, trust me, I wouldn't, you know, pick that again, but it was fun to have the experience to see different people's reactions and how their nervous system and how their animal freaked out versus others. Me and a couple other people were like, ah, that's what it is, whatever, cool, let's go get some lunch. No big. And some people were really traumatized, you know? And um, it was a lesson in a number of different things. One, in that you had an arbitrary, very neutral experience. It's not good or bad. It's just some human meat suits are inside this metal thing and the metal thing like turned a different way than it's supposed to be. You know, you could look at it that way. You don't even have to label it like an accident, a wreck, a crash. It's just, well, a metal thing is now the other way. And some people inside were like shaking around when it turned the other way, okay? So there's that lesson. It's just like, we're okay. We just can have a different attitude about this and just be grateful. And the other one is, is that <laughs> they were being guided and protected all the time even when something bad happens. And if that was the day that I was supposed to check out of this meat suit and go off into the ethers and pop back in another one somewhere, whatever the hell happens when you leave this one, uh, then that would have been what was meant to be also. You see what I mean? And I have to trust at a depth that is very unnatural, I think, for a human. Um, there is a love there, a universal love that's present and that if it was my time to go, then I would have gone and clearly it wasn't because here I am, you know? And uh, to start to think about things that way is very freeing, you know? That's, that's what I'm really after here and that's what I want to share with you guys is the freedom to experience life how we want to experience it. It's free to know that there's an intelligence there that can be trusted, something that I can relate to, that I can talk to, that I can pray to, that is so much bigger than my problems of minutiae in the human experience. And that's the connection to that power and that intuition and that divine guidance that enables us to remove those clouds that are blocking the sun, you know, blocking the spirit. That's the thing that's like, mm, let's maybe leave that alone. Maybe it's smoking cigarettes. Maybe it's a relationship that's not serving you. Uh, maybe it's, you know, being on Instagram too much. Whatever your poison is, that's where the awareness comes from is the ability to uh, use that intelligence to see oneself and one's behavior in, one, in, one, in, in ways in which one is becoming stuck. And not only to be able to see it and have that awareness, but actually have the power to change it, to go, whoa not serving me, I'm out, I'm done, I'm going a different direction. That's real power. You know, that's personal power. That's where you really get to direct your life. But it's not just you directing your life with some feeble attempt at, you know, wrestling yourself away from negative habits. You're actually backed by infinite power where you make a decision. Hey, I'm going this way. I'm, I'm ready to grow. I'm willing to go here. And you surrender into that power and then that hand that you've been holding gives you the pull up, gives you the boost that you need and you're through it. And you're going, holy shit, how did I get through that? You know, a little car crash, whatever, not a big deal, but let's try on divorce, illness, death, etc. You know, it's how we do anything is how we do everything. So if my nervous system freaks out over a parking ticket, I'm really going to lose my shit on a breakup. So perhaps I can build the practice of seeing the animal threat and the mind dumbass solution to the parking ticket, which would be like, hey, lady, you know, run up being that guy. I mean, I don't think I've ever done that, but I, it's not, I'm not above that, but I see it happen a lot. <laughs> that gap of separation there that, you know, it can be untrained and unlearned that I'm, I'm okay, okay, that was $68. Like, okay, am I, gonna, am I really going to die 
because of $68? No. What I'm going to do is I'm going to park better. Enough of those, then there's the breakup, the big talk. You know, I really don't think this is working out. Oh, shit. This is like 25 parking tickets in one second. <laughs> but, I've, <laughs> but I've done the parking ticket thing, you know? I've opened the mail. It says IRS or whatever, you know? What's that thing it says? It doesn't say IRS. It's some other name they have for taking your money. You know, it's that letter. You open up the mailbox and it's like, that's never good news. It's never like, hey, guess what? We're giving you 20 grand. It's always like, ah, the thing you filed, it's always some hassle from the man. Enough of those envelopes being opened, you know, maybe now I can handle the totaled car. Maybe I can handle, you know, woof, oh, found out we have mold in the apartment or, you know, whatever. Like the big life things that actually matter. It's to build up that resilience. And that's one of the reasons that I really love Kundalini Yoga, man. That shit builds up your nervous system. It really, really does. You know, those things where you're holding your arms up and you're breathing and you're like, God, I hate this. I'm so uncomfortable. And your will, you know, your spiritual will pulls you through or whatever your practice is, you know, your 20 minutes a day that you meditate or whatever, you know, that you don't feel like doing because everything in you says this isn't important and you do it anyway. You know, that, that spiritual will of our higher self, not just to find relief from our problems and our pain, not to do spiritual practices anymore just as a pill to fix me, but to really have the intention to ascend so that even when life gets painful, I don't have to suffer as a result of that pain. I can just go, okay, pain, do your thing. Here we are. Oh, I'm going to cry right now? Cool. Bring it on. Let's go. I'm supposed to be a tough man. Okay, I'm not tough. Cry. Ah. <laughs> I cried today. It was great. It was terrifying because there was someone watching. But I felt so relieved afterward. And you know what? In terms of like being a man, whatever that means, I actually felt stronger because it was a very courageous thing to do. It was weird. It's brave for a guy to access emotion. You know, we're trained to not do that. And when you train guys to not do that, you get a lot of mean guys, you know, when we don't have a way to channel and express those things. So <laughs> it's funny. Remember when I used the analogy in the beginning of like, you start to talk and you have no plan whatsoever and there's a blank canvas. I think like my canvas looks like a Jackson Pollock painting right now. I'm just like, I wonder if any of this has made any sense at all, you know? And then my practice is it doesn't matter. Because what matters is, and it really doesn't, it really doesn't. What matters is, is the energy field of the room. You know, it matters that I love you guys so much and that I, you know, deeply care about your success in every way. I mean, especially the inside success. And I know that I have a passion for understanding the human experience and sharing whatever I'm finding, any little nugget that I come across, you know, that I can share with someone. Because I found, you know, my friend Elliot's a great example. We've been road dogs for years now. And anything I find, I'm like, dude, try this. And he does it, you know? And um, we experiment like that. And now he has a beautiful life. And this guy has come so far, not because of me, just because I find something that works, a discovery, you know, and, um, and share it. And if somebody relates to whatever that discovery is, and then they internalize it and practice that principle and actually use it, the transformation happens to them too. Because what we're talking about here is... Just universal principles, universal truths, you know, an axiom, a truth that's just was true for all time and will be true of all time. Not to say that every single thing I said tonight was, was true, but there were spiritual truths um, sprinkled in with some personality, right? And the spiritual truths work for everyone across the board, no matter what, no matter when you do it, no matter who you are, there's transformation in applying truth. Because truth is synonymous with love, is synonymous with God. And so anytime we can access a truth and not take it in intellectually and learn it in terms of um, you know, having more knowledge, because more knowledge does nothing, but to take it in with enough intellectual understanding that you kind of get the mechanics of it. Say it's a way of praying or a way of breathing or a way of contextualizing experiences in your life, as I've been describing that when you hear it spoken and you feel the energy and the enthusiasm and the love and the authenticity behind it, and then you resonate with that and then you take it inside and you use it, now that shit is yours. Now you have the transformation because you're seizing a spiritual principle, a truth that's universal and is here for everyone and it's free. I mean, it wasn't free to get in here tonight for most of you, but after this, it's free to use the principles that you might take away. 
And that's the beauty of spiritual principles. And I think that's why I've just been obsessed with them for so long, you know? And the underlying principle here tonight, of course, is love, which I think is the most potent of all principles, of all truths, because it really is what makes the universe alive. It, it's the only thing, really, when it boils down to being a human that makes this fucking fight worth it, is when we have those brief glimpses of love for others, for self, and for the experience of being human. You know, when you're in that painful place and you have a moment where you go, this is actually okay, I'm okay with this. This is just pain. You ever had that moment? Has anyone ever had that? Like, raise your hand. Where you're going, wow, this really hurts and it's okay. You know, it's like, how many of our, our whole lives do we spend running from just an uncomfortable feeling you have in your body? When if you can just have the bravery and um, determination to have fully experience it, it's only going to last for a few seconds in most cases. And then you might get another wave if it's a big one, you know, a death or something like that. I don't want to minimize human pain, but all pain can be overcome through awareness and through the practice of true spiritual principles. Because then we can have the experience of knowing that it's for our benefit that we're having that experience, even if it's really painful and uncomfortable. And all of that is possible just by learning a few basic principles and applying them to your life. But it doesn't work from getting the head knowledge. I mean, how many self-help books have we all read, right? Oh, this is fascinating. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, great. And you put the goddamn book down. It's just like, what did it say? What? No, I'm still pissed at that guy, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. I'm still, I still need a raise. Like, uh, you know, where, where's the book now? The book, if it's worth its salt, is meant to be applied. You know, coming to hear someone talk is great. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's um, soothing for me. Like, I, you know, I go see an Eckhart Tolle or something like that. I'm still calling him Tolle, even though like he came out as Toll eventually. I just don't like Toll. I like Tolle. What can I say? I'm just sticking with it. I know it's wrong, but I'm just... It just has a nicer ring to it. But you go here, you know, or I listen to the Ram Das podcast all the time, and I'm just like, oh my God, this feels amazing. But then that's only for that moment. You know, how am I going to take a Ram Das lesson or a Eckhart Tolle lesson and use it in my life next time my ego is beating the shit out of me? Next time I'm comparing myself with someone else. Next time I resent someone else. Next time I cow down before someone that I'm threatened by. Or next time I try to overcome and intimidate and threaten someone that I want to control. You know, all of those animal lower state behaviors. Where's the book now? Where's the teacher now? You know, I have to learn and we all have to learn if we're on this path, how to take the teachings and the principles and apply them to our own lives. And then what happens is the most miraculous thing is that those things become your character. And to be the witness of your own integrity coming to fruition, I think is the greatest gift that we have. You know, to see that the work you've been doing actually changed you. I mean, I have, I have a lot of quirks still, okay, I'll be honest. But one thing I can say about myself is I'm impeccably honest. Like, I just, I just tell the truth. Like, I literally do not lie ever about anything. That might sound crazy if you're still a liar <laughs> like I was most of my life. You're like, no fucking way. He's lying right now. At least that I'm consciously aware of, okay? Um, I used to be a thief. I was a pathological liar. I was so phony. I mean, I, did my, I didn't even know who I was to be real if I wanted to do so. You know, there, I didn't even have access to who I think I am, you know, in, in the most real sense that we can while we're still, you know, inside a personality and all that. But applying truth really does have such a profound impact on who you are. And when your character changes, everything in your life experience changes to meet that character. You know, it's that principle, which is another one, birds of a feather flock together. That's not just some shit your grandma said. That's really true. People of a certain moral character flock together because they're in vibrational alignment. And that's why I said, man, I feel so blessed to be in a room full of people like you because you're my people. Like you're on the same wavelength. We all have our stuff we're working through. But I mean, if this was like, 
I don't want to like be disparaging toward any other type of group, but there's a lot of lower energy environments you could be in, say just like a nightclub or whatever. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm not necessarily vibing with everyone on on that level. You know, some probably some great people there, but they're not. That's not in my character. I don't find it fun to like yo get bottle service and like uh you know up in the club. Like that's just not. I'm not there. No judgment. It's a different vibration, you know? So whatever character that I've been building doesn't find any of that appealing anymore, although it once did, of course. But to apply truth and really see this foundation of who you can become based on the power of God and the power of truth, you know, the truths that are delivered here through other people as messengers from God, where they have an epiphany that says, hmm, I think reality is like this, da, 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 da. If you do this, you get this result. And they teach that, people practice it, they go, I'll be damned, that actually worked. If you're honest, people are more honest with you. Who would have thunk? You know, you're around people of higher value and integrity that are more trustworthy and more loyal because you've created that within yourself and you're resonant with that. And then every once in a while, a complete asshole shows up just to test you. (laughs) And then you get to test your forgiveness and your compassion, you know, they're still there too. But that's the good news, you guys, is that, um, you know, we all have the ability to learn a truth and then internalize it and start to use it in our life to practice it. And then we have the experience of true change and you get to watch the change happen. And the only bad news about that process is that we're the last ones to know. Because if you're on a spiritual path, you're always looking at the thing that you need to work on, right? You're like, oh God, I still get jealous sometimes. Oh God, I'm such a jerk. I can't believe I haven't overcome that. Meanwhile, you used to like rob people, (laughs) right? And your friends are like, dog, wow, man, you're doing great. You don't rob people anymore. You're like, yeah, but I still get kind of jealous every once in a while. It's like, dude, you're cool. Just go go with that. You see what I'm saying? That's the thing. We're always looking at the pile of coal in front of us to shovel and, you know, ignoring that we have, you know, mountains of it over the past however many years we've been working on ourselves. So that's kind of the challenge there is to give oneself some love and some credit without being prideful about it, hopefully. That, wow, shit, I made it to this room. I'm working on myself. I'm, I'm you know, I'm listening to these podcasts. I'm reading these books. I'm, I'm going to these lectures. I'm doing my practices. I'm meditating. I'm applying this stuff and I'm making progress. I'm changing. I'm being changed by that power that's available to us and not becoming arrogant and complacent. And like, I've changed enough. I'm good. Now I just want to get rich. You know, keep going, but give credit where credit's due. And I think that's finding that balance of humility where you're like, cool, wow, I've really come a long way. I'm pretty awesome. And I also do some bullshit over here on the side quite a bit. And I'd like to work on that also. You see what I mean? That's that place of balance where you give yourself a little credit, but not too much credit. I think in in recovery circles, they call it staying right-sized. I really like that. It's a great way to say it. And on first glance, it might sound like, um, oh, stay right size. Don't get too big for your britches. Like, you know, stay down. But it's not that. Stay right size means own your magnificence and brilliance. Just don't take credit for it. Own it, use it, value it, appreciate it, but know that it's not coming from you because you didn't make you. If you're a great singer and you think you're the shit because you're a great singer, heads up, you didn't make your body. (laughs) You didn't make your voice. Something did. Something made you. If you're great at math, if you're great at whatever, if you have an awesome podcast, you, you didn't do that. You're just a willing participant. Something else gave you that. Creation gave you that. So it's to be appreciated and valued, but not, you know, taken advantage of for uh, ego fodder. So with that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think what I would uh, like to do is uh, end this portion of the evening. God bless you guys. You're the best. Thanks for hanging out tonight. Ah, there we go. Blasted through another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this evening. And if you were one of the lucky few to be in the room that night in Venice, thank you so much for being there. That was one of the most meaningful experiences of my entire life. No joke. If you'd like to come have this experience, go to lukestory.com forward slash events where you can come join me at RamaFest in Majorca, Spain, July 19th through 22nd, where I'll be doing a number of different panels and podcast recordings and workshops and all sorts of cool stuff. So if you want to get down with some breath work, Kriya, Mantra, Kundalini Yoga, Magic, 
go to lukestory.com forward slash events. If you can't make it to Majorca, Spain this summer, perhaps you can come join me at the Health Optimization Summit September 14th and 15th in London. That's going to be an epic biohacking health conference brought to you by Bulletproof Upgrade Labs and Paleo Effects and my friend Tim Gray, the founder, who's putting together just a fantastic event. So I can't wait to meet you all there. If you can't do that, well, then you know what you can do. You can come back to this very podcast next Tuesday for episode number 210 with Dr. Chris Shade, where we're talking all about the real deal on detoxing. Thank you so much for joining me. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Luke Story. If you want to interact more personally and you have questions, you need support from me and uh, fellow listeners of the show, you can join the Facebook group. Just search The Lifestylist Podcast in Facebook. You'll find a private group there. Request to join. We'll let you in and we will have a freaking digital party, folks. Thanks again. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.